weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Are you looking for a highly professional established vehicle rental service and shuttle service where client satisfaction is a priority? Look no further. MLT Car Hire is committed to delivering quality low mileage vehicles to suit your budget. MLT Car Hire also specializes in mini and long leases for individuals and corporates as well as staff transport and airport transfers with offices at the airport and in the Helderberg area. We are proud members of SATSA, Fedhaza, and Cape Town Tourism. MLT Car Hire delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to MLT Car Hire and Tours for our full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. We're chatting this afternoon with Taryn Tomlinson. Taryn is quite an exceptional human being. She is not just a television presenter, but an entrepreneur, a marketer, and a strategist. And she is a very, very vocal speaker and ambassador for accessible tourism and human rights. And she partners with companies and non-government entities to create a more inclusive society through social development and the media. I chatted to Taryn and she, she introduced me to a most interesting way of referring to people with disabilities. And she called them people with determination. I think that is the most empowering thing. And if there's a lobby to change people with disabilities to people with determination in South Africa, then my name is in the hat to lead the charge, of course. So after spending nearly a decade working in social development, Taryn then moved on to a new media space. And within that media space, she is a director for the Human Project, which is a subsidiary company of TV Smiths, which is a production house. And she consults on all matters of accessibility and disability within the company. And uh, she has her own television production called Activated, which flights on SABC2. It's quite groundbreaking. And within that is her travel documentary series called Able to Travel. Taryn's about to head off to Dubai, to the Disability Summit in Dubai, and she is uh, traveling next week, and she just launched Jewel of the East, and we're going to be looking forward to chatting to Taryn about that initiative. So welcome to Jet Setting with Janet on Magic 828. I've just introduced you and told our listeners about your Jewel of the East initiative, and we're very excited to chat to you as you head off to Dubai next week to attend quite an interesting and I think paradigm shifting symposium and exhibition on all things disability, or should we say determination? Mm, I just love, isn't that phrase just so empowering? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really about going to see, look to the East, literally, um, to look at better practices and being able to see, you know, uh, how do we change stigmas? How do we, we build uh, correctly? How do we build back better tourism, like really from the ground up? Well, we've always historically looked to the East for wisdom, Taryn. 
and it's good that yeah. you're getting that way. I'm very interested to hear about your SABC series. Please tell us a little bit about that. I'm sure you're going to gain some new viewers from our listeners here on Magic about this initiative and your very interesting program. Yes, so um, the SABC has commissioned uh, a disability awareness show, which is a magazine-style show called Activated. Uh, Activated, I would say, it's, it's done very well in that uh, we were commissioned for the first season um, and uh, that ran for 26 weeks. Uh, and it was on a dead time slot at one o'clock on Saturday that they moved it up to a prime time slot and rebroadcasted the first season. Uh, it's, it's really about looking at, uh, South Africa, how far we've come in terms of, uh, our disability awareness movement, uh, and the changes that we've made since, uh, the beginning of, uh, the dawn of our new democracy. Um, and so, you know, it's a cutting edge. Uh, we really interview people from different spheres, uh, persons with disabilities who take the agency, you know, uh, who are business people, who are creatives, who are uh, working in massive organizations, global organizations, uh, and just contributing. So it's a very empowering show, and we will look to be shooting uh, season two uh, coming up now in November. Taryn, that sounds pretty interesting. You know, to go to season two in the kind of economic climate we find ourselves is really an achievement on its own. And to have a commission program on top of that is uh, is definitely a feather in your cap. I think that there's great work to be done in this area. So perhaps you can tell us about what some of that programming looks like. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, it really starts with uh, giving persons uh, with various impairments access to media. You know, media is such an important tool for us, not just uh, as a place that we, uh, you know, uh, connect um, and 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 have conversation, uh, but also a tool for learning uh, and really a tool in, in order to to advance uh, to advance us. And so, by you know not having closed captionings, for example, closed captionings, uh, you know, allow um, you know someone with a, a hearing uh, impairment to be able to see the words uh, that is written. They actually giving them access to that information. Um, and so, you know, in in, in in, in, in striving really to look at the media and say, well, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, how are persons with disabilities depicted? You know, oftentimes for movies and shows, they actually hire an able-bodied person to play the role of someone with a disability. That's quite interesting. I think that there's a dialogue that you're changing as you do all of this, Taryn. It's quite an important conversation because last night at your launch function, we did an exercise where we wore blindfolds and experienced what it was like not to have sight. Yeah. And for me, it was quite a paradigm shift because we take a lot of these things for granted. And just having to be vulnerable, having to be led by somebody else and finding your way around a space, it actually puts you in the shoes of somebody who's unable to see, unable to do. And your programming is about being able and I think that's very empowering, Taryn. And this has been quite a journey for you. So I'm interested to hear what is that journey? What has brought you to this point? Yes, absolutely. I'm, uh, you know, uh, I had the great privilege um, 
uh, when I became ill with rheumatoid arthritis, I'm in a wheelchair because I've got rheumatoid arthritis from the age of 19. My life really was turned upside down. I had to, 18 actually, I had to leave school uh, in my final year because my school was inaccessible. I couldn't go to university because universities were inaccessible, so I needed to study marketing uh, via correspondence. Um, you know, my whole life changed. I went from having every opportunity, like excited to start life, uh, just being cut off, right? Uh, jobs are hard to access, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, I felt like a burden to myself and to everybody around me until I learned the powers of the mind and really how to utilize it uh, effectively uh, and the law of attraction. I then went to, I, I focused my mind and within one year I was living my dream in Italy. Uh, and I had the privilege of living with hoteliers or people that own a hotel on a state and so I really got to see the ins and outs uh, of the hotel industry, having lived in one and having friends there who were hoteliers. And then coming back to South Africa after the two years that I lived there, I really started going to a lot of hotels because they were the most accessible in terms of, uh, you know, valet uh, in front, in terms of access with ramps, etc., because they do cater uh, for uh, the tourist. However, a lot of those uh, caterings are not done really thought out properly that often done by uh, able-bodied people. And so it's not carried on and it's done without the participation of someone with a disability who actually goes and checks, you know, to make sure that it's right. So we're giving substandard offers to, uh, to our tourists. We're not catering to our tourists. We don't even consider, we don't have any information on our websites as to, uh, you know, what the access uh, points are of a building. How would someone navigate it? We don't have none of that information, making it very hard for people from overseas with disabilities to book. Um, and so we overlook this market. So I've got a, a company called Livable. We access consultants. Um, and so we go and we, we assess uh, hospitality or hotels and uh, guest houses and the likes uh, to really help them with the access challenges. And then also to look at the marketing around it, because for me, it's, you know, it's, it's useless trying to make interventions of saying, okay, let's change it, you know, the physical structure. But then in your marketing, you are not inclusive or you don't let people know that you actually have these services. Um, so it's like, how do we now market um, it in a way that still aligns with your target market and your company's image, et cetera, et cetera, but that we create a brand that is inclusive. And that's really we're able to travel, which is the, mark, the, the, the travel arm of the company comes along. It's about looking, about categorizing, going on a massive drive now to get all of that information so that we can have a database of that uh, information and then make it available uh, to uh, travelers, whether they are South Africans or coming from overseas, so that they know exactly which hotels uh, are accessible to which degree with photographs, uh, with the measurements uh, and and all of that. And then with that as well, it, it raises awareness, um, be able to travel. And that's why I'm creating a 12, uh, 13 part television series called Able to Travel with Taryn. Uh, and in each uh, episode, I invite a guest along with me, a celebrated person uh, who is celebrated for, but I'd like to think what I think for, for, for the right reasons. Um, and, uh, you know, powerful people. And we go on a journey and we discover South Africa and we do adventures like paragliding and all kinds of crazy stuff, uh, showing and really having enlightening conversations and journey and showing the viewer, taking them into the world of someone. Uh, what is it like for someone to travel with a disability? I'm just amazed, Taryn. You know, you've identified a niche market. You have found a way to generate 
extra economic activity and revenue for the hospitality industry. You do all of these amazing things and you make it sound so effortless, but you actually iconic. No. <laughs> iconic. When I listen to this, this is new for South Africa. It's, it's you know, just pushing new boundaries, finding new barriers to overcome. And I take my hat off to you and say you. how phenomenal it is to be in your universe. It's quite an accolade. Thank you, Joanna. But you know, the hardest thing with anything that's new, with anything that's groundbreaking, is the hardest to find support, right? Because it is so new. No one can really hold a, a benchmark right into into the thought process the data still needs to be uh coagulated and put together and and so that we can actually study it and so with anything new it's really hard to get off the ground and so for years i had been studying this concept seeing what would work what won't work how one should change and i think that i i, I don't know i believe but i i think that that would be a, the evolution of a business really just constantly changing and growing um and now I feel like, you know, the right people are, are coming on board and are around me now to, to take this, this to the next level uh, of our journey. Because I think that we have a powerful opportunity to make a big change within the South African tourism uh, for people. Absolutely, Taryn. And it's, we're going to be chatting to some of your collaborators as we go along in the show. And I think that, uh, you know, the timing just seems so right. Um, it's opportune. You've got all your ducks in a row. People are coming on board because it's so well executed. And it's the, the um, sort of tail end of a lot of work that went on behind the scenes. And I think you've brought on some pretty powerful partners. We're going to be chatting to them later on. I'd love for you to stay on the line so that we can continue to engage with you as we talk to some of your partners. Is that okay with you, Darren? I would love it. Thank you. For Wonderful. Me. Wonderful. So stay with us. Now we talked about powerful partners and it's only so good as you make it when you find the right collaborators. And Taran seems to have done that and done that so efficiently. So we're chatting next to Nadira Hari Pasad. She is the CEO of Maya Architects. And Taran spoke earlier about spaces and transforming spaces for the benefit of people with determination. Can you see, Taryn, how I'm using this word? Because I'm now completely sold that we no longer have people with disabilities. We just have people with determination. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this show. This is really an awesome topic and perfectly timed at the start of Disability Awareness Month. Absolutely. Now, Nadira is a homegirl of mine because I see that she studied at the University of KZN, where I come from and then migrated to do her master's at the University of the Witwatersrand. And she's been an advocate for universal access and design. And she's been quite active on the speaking circuit, creating awareness and creating inclusive infrastructure. Nadira, it's a huge portfolio. It sounds like, you know, changing buildings is really a powerful thing to be able to do, changing how spaces have evolved and how they are conceptualized. Please tell us in very simple terms what this means. Okay, yes, it is um, really quite a, a massive challenge. And there are so many different facets to consider when you're looking at this big portfolio. So just talking about the travel side to start off with, 
as an architect, of course, I love to travel and I've been fortunate enough to have visited really iconic buildings in the architectural world. Um, our I travel itinerary always starts with a list of must-see buildings. And aside from the awe and wonder of seeing new places, it's very fascinating to see how people move in cities. Some cities you will see have invested in, in properly designed routes, pavements and walking or bicycle lanes. This is immediately more conducive for wheelchair users. Then you have cities where pavements are busy and bustling with people, where roads are easier to maneuver than the actual pavements. You have buildings with steps leading up to an entrance with no ramp in sight. You have accessible bathroom facilities that are completely inaccessible. You have hotels that are simply not inclusive. You know, this travel um, market, this inclusive travel market at this point is, as you said, still a very niche market. Um, and there are very few countries that have managed to implement inclusive goals through policy change, new legislated processes, training, guidelines and other initiatives. It really takes a comprehensive approach to address this topic. I'm, I'm just listening to you and it sounds like this is your niche market. Is this your niche market in your practice or is it something that you do in addition to everything else? So it started out as just a passion of mine and I first became interested in this topic when I was a student at UKZN and um, I came across this project where children were being um, brought into mainstream schools. Children with disabilities were being included into mainstream schools. And I became very interested in, in how this was going to work. So I followed this project and I realized that certain schools within the area had retrofitted ramps so that children with wheelchairs could now start attending mainstream schools. And this was really exciting and it was so progressive. It was many years ago, it was back in 2002. And so I thought, well, this is just exactly where we need to be heading. There needs to be access to education for all children. Um, and, and it was amazing. But a few months down the line, I heard a story about a little girl in a wheelchair who had been uh, moving up one of these ramps and somebody had put her backpack onto the back of her wheelchair. And so as she was moving up the ramp, her wheelchair tipped backwards because of the weight of the backpack. And so she was in this terribly vulnerable position. And I just thought, well, you know, how could this go wrong so badly when it's such a positive initiative? And from that point on, I've just been hooked on the topic and I followed many different ways of, of keeping informed on the topic. And eventually, yes, I completed my master's at the University of Fitz. 
And my topic was the role of architects when including children with physical disabilities into full service schools. So I really zoned into this topic specifically and looked at how we were going to be able to make a difference to the lives of, of millions of children, of people out there as architects, as built environment professionals, to make sure that we are designing to serve all end users. And I see that a topic very close to your heart is inclusivity in primary schools. Yes. And this obviously comes from the story that you've told us. It's a, it's a passion project of yours. It's but as I listen to you and I think about how often I use my GPS going to a new area and I'm completely reliant on it. It's one of the tools that I get used to get from point A to point B and I completely trust it. But now when I think of the exercise that we did last night at Taryn's uh, Jewel of the East fu function mm -hmm. where we wore um, masks and we had to navigate the space that we found ourselves in, it was a moment of absolute vulnerability. So I had somebody holding my hand and leading me through, but I was completely overwhelmed because mm -hmm. I, I was not able to see where I was walking. Now, imagine somebody coming into a space and the frustration of that space not being accessible. Now, one of the people we're going to be speaking to is the chairperson of Fed Hasa, Leanne Singer. She's going to tell us about why Taryn is the ambassador for Fed Hasa and all of the differently abled activities that are being conducted. I think that this collaboration between business and government and change makers like yourself is an important one because we do need a collective voice in order to embrace the challenges that the differently abled or the people with determination have. And I think that good work is being done here, Nadira. Can you tell us about specific projects that you might have worked with Taryn on? Sure. Okay. So just to reflect back on the exercise that you spoke about, um, these simulation exercises are absolutely excellent in order to get people to understand what, you know, the different factors are that you need to consider. And I approach this topic from a um, from an architectural perspective. So what I'm doing is conducting these seminars that brings about disability awareness. And on the second day of the seminar, we actually conduct a simulated activity where um, once people have been workshopped on how to identify barriers in the physical environment, they are then put into either a wheelchair or they've got a blindfold on, or they've got a moon boot and crutches or some simulated um, disability or impairment. And they walk around this building that we've been running the seminar in, and they have to assess the building uh, based on what they've learned and come back with, with information on how they see the space differently. And what's very interesting is that you mentioned how vulnerable you felt when you had the blindfold on yesterday. And yes, absolutely. The feedback that we receive is that, you know, you immediately feel very vulnerable. But once we've conducted this exercise at the seminar, uh, some of the feedback also included comments that I wasn't expecting, which spoke about how incredibly abled a person is in a wheelchair. 
to be able to maneuver the built environment that's so inaccessible. And this is what I love about what Taryn is doing and the narrative that she's creating. It's, it's actually bringing us to the point of realizing that if you are able to do all of these things within an inaccessible environment, then doesn't that change the perspective entirely and, and, and allow us to actually be more inclusive from the very heart. So I'm really very much um, excited about uh, where we're going to go with these different initiatives. You did ask me about um, work that I'm doing with Taryn. Um, and this is where, why a collaborative approach is so important. And the, the collaboration between Maya Architects and Able to Travel is so special. It's because we have a comprehensive plan. So let me quickly tell you what this plan entails. So firstly, we look at creating awareness within a company organization through sensitized tra sensitization training and disability awareness. And this is where Taryn's experience is so pertinent to the process. Secondly, we assess the facility to roadmap how an organization can ensure safe and equal access for all employees and visitors with or without disabilities. So we assist the organization to find their route to achieve inclusion. Thirdly, we assist with oversight of the construction process. And this is where it's so great to have the professionals involved because this is where it becomes really technical. And fourthly, through Taryn's media skills, we will showcase the business to set them aside from competitors and more importantly, to champion inclusion from the inside. So this is how we're working on many different projects to actually collaborate, work together and, and produce really um, interesting little new ways to um, bring disability awareness onto the map and to encourage universal design thinking. Nadira, this sounds like such a comprehensive and well thought out strategy. I'm so excited to see how this develops and the collaboration between yourself and Taryn it's really quite a powerful thing because if you have the right partners on board, you really have, you know, a recipe for success. Now, talking about collaboration, Nadira, I'd love for you to stay on the line with us as we switch over now to Leanne Singer. Leanne was recently, in fact, as recently as last week, appointed to the Cape Town Tourism Board, but she's also the chairperson of FedHasa and serves on the board of a very interesting organization called Glendale, a home for intellectually disabled adults, where her communication and fundraising skills are utilized, and that is actually her portfolio. Leanne is the marketing and sales director of the Singer Group, and as we know, when we say Singer, we think hotels. Leanne, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I was I was worried for a second when you said when we think singer we think singing for for a second I had a, a little mini panic attack. Thank you everybody for including me in the conversation this afternoon. And we're very pleased to have you. And you know I think that coming with this this board nomination that you have on Cape Town Tourism and leading FedHasa's team, as well as the work that you do at Glendale, brings a unique combination of skills. And as we have this conversation around people with disabilities or people with determination, as we love to say, I'd love to hear how 
you see this rolling out in the hospitality space? So, so I, I, I've loved the, the phrase that I've heard over the last, last couple of weeks, which is people with determination, right? Because that's absolutely what it takes. I'm approaching it from a point of view as everyone is a tourist. Every single citizen in South Africa, all our international visitors, everyone is a tourist. And how do we make our spaces and our places and our people um, accessible to everybody? And uh, as you pointed out, I'm wearing different hats at the moment, and I feel I'm uniquely positioned along with the partnerships with the likes of the people on this call and my relationship with Taryn that we're best positioned um, with greater opportunity than ever before um, to, to commercialize this space, right? So how do you speak to business owners to bring about change? You speak to their bottom line, right? Yes, we appeal to, to people's hearts and kindness as human beings, but that only takes you so far. And that, that speaks to the aspect of, of, of charity. That's not what we want here. This is a real business opportunity. Where, where it's an untapped market. I think some of the statistics that Taryn has mentioned previously is 1% of this market has been captured, I think, in the, in the USA. Imagine the potential that this has to, to stimulate the South African economy. At the same time, we want to create employment in South Africa. We want to create, 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 uh, create jobs. That's the quickest way for us to, to, to safeguard and fix the, the, the ills that we're currently experiencing in the South African landscape. And tourism is the quickest way for us to create jobs. For every seven visitors that visit our, our, our shores, one permanent job is created. So let's look at this unique market and see how can we adapt and make ourselves um, accessible to this, this growing market. I love that you say that this is an untapped opportunity because we need new income streams in South Africa. We know the kind of economy that we sit in post-COVID even more challenged. So economic growth, we poised for economic growth. It's just about harnessing the opportunities. Now, Leanne, you've said with all of these hats that you wear, you believe that you can bring a synergized approach and truly tap into this. How do you see that happening? We, we have a responsibility as, as organizations to communicate to our various members what the needs of this target market is. And that's, that is an important role where, where FEDHASA and Cape Town Tourism um, have a responsibility to, to educate their various members, whether you're looking at a restaurant, whether you're looking at hotel accommodation, whether you're looking at our tourist attractions. It's about educating our members about how actually very easily you can transform your places and your spaces to make it accessible to this, to this market. And, um, we are partnering up with ambassadors, with experts in the space, of whom Taryn is our FedHasa ambassador, because if we have not experienced life as a person with determination, we do not know how to transform our spaces and our businesses to speak to that audience. And since since I've met Taryn, um, the 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 way that I've looked at my own businesses differently has has been has been eye opening. Where it's everything from, from your reception desk on check-in. It's about your, you know, we all think bathrooms. Yes, uh, bathrooms for, for, for our guests um, who, are, who have to use wheelchairs to get around. Um, but there is so much more to it. There is um, the way that your staff speak to guests. It's, last night I was at, at a function and um, 
I was speaking to a young lady who's in, who's in the property industry and I was, I speak very fast generally. And now she said to me, slow, slow down, slow down. I'm reading your lips. And not for a second did I realize my staff would need to know this when they communicate with guests who, who, um, who have to lip read to communicate. So it's an entire process of, of transforming our physical spaces and then educating our staff members. And it is, it is a, it's, it's, it's not going to be an easy process with change comes resistance, but I want our, our guests um, with, with, um, with, with these challenges to see themselves in our marketing material. I want them to see themselves on our websites. I want them to see themselves in our branding. It's, that's what exclusivity is. Exclusivity means it's the, the equal opportunities to, in this instance, consume, consume travel for, for every citizen in South Africa. Certainly, consumption is universal. And when I think of organizations, do we have, Taryn, an organization that addresses all of these issues that we're talking about? Is there a representative body? Um, yes, there, yes, there are, Janet. There are represented bodies um, out there uh, in the disability space, in the uh, built environment space. However, I almost feel that the approach is very institutionalized. Um, and because there's a lot of resistance in it and, you know, kind of red tape, et cetera, et cetera. I think what makes Liverpool so unique um, in doing that is the bringing in of the marketing aspect. Uh, bringing in, in in the changing of the perception. So where there are individuals who do access audits, who, uh, you know, go around and, um, and help within the, the, and advocate as well within the built, built environment, um, I feel that if we're going to uh, affect the greatest change, we need to change people's mindsets. And we need to do that with entertainment and edutainment uh, and content that actually makes people want to watch it. Right, um, as opposed to yeah, as opposed to a lot of platforms where people kind of um, people have a tendency to tune out what doesn't make us feel good. Mm-hmm. We don't like to look at at subjects like disability because we feel helpless, we feel hopeless, we feel um, yeah, you know that them and usness. So that's not us. Um, and so it's about if we're going to even change from the structural point of view, we first need to change uh, the mindset really of uh, of people around that and that is where uh, the media comes in and is so important for this type of, type of work. Such a powerful tool indeed. Now Leanne, just listening to you and Taryn, I'm almost beginning to think that we need some kind of lobbying and advocacy group that is inclusive of all of the various aspects of this lobby because if we work on this in silos, it's, it's mm-hmm. not going to be as effective as if all sectors combine their resources and addressed it collectively because it's a huge opportunity from an economic point of view, but it's, an, it's a huge opportunity for inclusivity mm-hmm. and for representation in South Africa. What are your thoughts, Leanne? What, you, what, what you're saying um, makes, makes complete sense. I, what the one thing that that COVID and national lockdown have taught us that we cannot we cannot make change um, in silos individually. We are so much stronger together, and that was one of the most powerful powerful gifts that 
COVID gave us with tourism bodies, with, with, with businesses that are in the same industry, in the same neighborhood, uh, collaborating now because there is enough for everybody to go around. And if we have one united voice and, and heroes and warriors like Taryn and the people she's surrounded herself with, we're, we're going to get there so much quicker than what we try and do this by, by ourselves. And I think it's platforms like you've given us here, Janet, just to raise the awareness and start the debates and have, have your listeners understand the role that they can play and just be conscious and more, more mindful of, of our tourists with, with determination of, um, how, if I'm a small business owner, um, you know, in the Haldeberg region, how am I set up where there, because remember every business services the tourism industry. We can go from all across the value chain. Um, there is, there are very few businesses who are not clients, uh, who are not businesses that can, that can benefit from the tourism industry. So we could start small and start at our own businesses and look, well, well, actually, you know, I've, I've, I've got a nail salon in a mall in a local neighborhood. That's, that is popular with kite surfers as an example. That's my, my door entrance is too small or I've got a beautiful pot plant at the entrance of the door, right? But how is, how is, um, how is someone actually going to enter there? There, or, or am I, have I clearly demarcated my parking bays in my properties for, for people with disabilities? So there are, there, there, whilst I believe lobbying is very, very important, whilst I believe we need these big organizations, we need to start in our own in our own businesses and, and become cognizant of those those small changes. And therefore I think the idea we've got such a powerful medium now, which is social media, and we've got a we've got such a strong recognized voice in Taryn and her team that we've got to use these channels to drive change. And you know, as we know as societal this, uh, the change in governments and change in legis- legislation is driven by the people. So if we drive the change um, on the ground, governments are going to stand up and listen. We have to demand the change and we have to drive the change. 100% agree, Leanne. And it starts with an individual. It starts with civil society. It starts with that little home industry, that little business. And then it gains a momentum. It's, it's not just about big government organizations and huge lobbies. It's also about us as individuals and how we embrace that. And I believe we have the makings of an impeccable spokesperson in Taran and the collective that she surrounded herself with. Now, we still have Nadira Hariprasad on the line. And we're talking about spaces, Nadira, and we're talking about transformation of those spaces. Leanne mentioned, how do I make my space more accessible? What are your thoughts on that? So, Janet, I think, you know, I fully, fully 100% agree with the awareness factor being number one and being key to unpacking this entire um, opportunity that we've got on our hands. So if you were to just take a walk around your facility, if you are a business owner, start at the very entrance and have a look at the facility. How do you enter your space? Where do you park? Um, do Do you have to climb upstairs? Is there a ramp available? How heavy is the door when you have to open it? Does it open towards you or away from you? I think that if you were to just take a walk around your facility as the very first step and imagine that you had 
um, a disability of some sort or simulate a disability of some sort and ask yourself questions about what you would need to change within the space. That would be the very first thing that you can do to create awareness on your own. And there are many of these simulated exercises that are um, you know, available out there at the moment. But something that I thought was very interesting is that people are encouraged to have blind dinners at home. So just get a mask of some sort and have a blindfolded dinner at home and taste your food. Um, see if you can go through the entire meal without having to take your blindfold off. It's awareness of people with different abilities, different disabilities, and an understanding of how spaces around you affect how you move. So just one example that I can give you, again, when we're talking about people with visual disabilities, um, you know, if you have a business where you have a reception area and you have movable furniture and you keep changing the um, position of the chairs, for example, this can be quite difficult for a person with visual disabilities to, to get used to. There are certain things that you need to consider when you are positioning your furniture to make sure that you allow for in, enough space for a wheelchair to turn. Um, there are so many different factors. I actually can't go through all of them. But as um, Leanne was talking about the reception desk height, there's the level of the, the handles on doors. There's such a lot that we can actually become cognizant of. And this is why, from my perspective, I focus my training on your design professionals, because we are the people that actually specify the heights of your fixtures. We specify the uh, gradient of your ramp. We specify the distance between your seating spaces, if it's an open uh, public space, to make sure that there's rest spots. Um, it's, it's something that you know, you cannot base on minimum standards that are written in guidelines or specifications. And this is why I keep talking about a universal design thinking. Um, it's a different way of looking at spaces. And unfortunately, it's not something that you can just sort of talk about and, and explain. It involves training. It involves following universal design advocates out there. It involves definitely following Taryn on her Dubai trip through social media to see um, what she uncovers. And I think that another point that I just want to, to end on is um, coming back to talking about collaboration and the importance of making sure that we have got this open line of communication between leaders that are um, progressive out there and that are making a difference, like the UAE, who have changed their terminology to people of determination. And this is why it's also so important for uh, Taryn to make this trip to Dubai and bring back the learnings from Dubai to, to help us to see how we can implement this thought process and to really fast track our progress uh, here in South Africa. 
Thank you for that, Nadira, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Leanne, any thoughts from you? You know, I'm watching a series called Dubai Bling, and I hope that Taryn is watching it too, because it is ridiculously funny and completely over the top. So it's helping to change my perception of Dubai, knowing that Dubai, Dubai is talking about people with determination and that Dubai is not just about the bling, Taryn. Yes, they're not just about to bring, but I've been watching it as well because, of course, oh, I'm putting myself into Dubai mode. Uh, so I'm seeing where, where I need to go. <laughs> For sure. You are you yes. watching the Bible in yet? I, 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 to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a podcast addict. So what we are doing right now is right up my alley. Um, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I'm addicted to podcasts. I, um, I haven't seen Dubai Bling, but what I wanted to say was I had the privilege of visiting Dubai um, in February 2019 and before the world was a different place. And I will never forget driving down a road and seeing a sign that said um, the Ministry of Determination. I thought I was dreaming. I thought this was some type of ad campaign. And then then I saw a Ministry of Happiness. I've actually got photos that make me so, so happy when I see this because it was literally the one road was turn left to go to the Ministry of Determination and turn right to go to the Ministry of Happiness. And it was, it was, it was, uh, it was one of the most special things that I, that I saw. And it fills me, even just saying this out loud, fills me with such joy because if that doesn't speak to all of us about the potential of, of, of where we find ourselves and what mankind listen to the word mankind, humankind, human being can be like, you know, there's, there's just so much hope out there. It's incredible. And we wish, we wish Taryn the, the best of luck with this journey to bring back these learnings and just continue with the, with the positivity and the hope. You know, I was always, I was always, before I met Taryn, um, one of the, one of the things was I was, I was always nervous to, to approach people or was I going to get it wrong? And Taryn said, what are you going to get wrong? All you do is just ask. And now what's my favorite place to be when I speak to Taryn? I sit on her lap because then we can talk face to face, you know, and it's our standing joke. I would never have been able to, 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 to cross that bridge if Taryn hadn't given me the, 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 I wouldn't, permission's the wrong word, the, the, the freedom and to feel so comfortable to ask whatever questions I want, because unless we don't ask, we're not going to know. And um, that is what I think the fundamental message of all of this should be is let's just communicate. If we don't know, ask, right. And obviously there are ways to ask, but, but we're all human beings. So we all want to get to learn each other, know each other better and learn from each other. Absolutely. Um, Leanne, but I know that you're a fashionista, Hey, because who wears a gold skirt to a, to a meeting? I know this about you. So you can <laughs> watch the Bibling, if not only for the fashion, why I'm watching it because I like you. I'm a podcast and Ted talk fundi, uh, but I love fashion. So when I saw all this, um, these amazing outfits, I said, Oh my goodness, these are, fashion ideas for my seamstress so please check it out i think it's good fun i uh, will it's weekend right i've got, I've got weekend. Time, but we'll, we'll 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 talk offline and we'll share podcast dreams that's absolutely we'll so and we'll invite taryn onto our show that's what we'll yes do. yes taryn is actually a fashionista too um not all of us have 
have renowned designers following us around the end. Karen does, though. She's a woman of influence in so many aspects. Thank you. <laughs> so our last um, interview for today is with Matthew Fanzel. So Leanne and Adira, if you want to exit, you're welcome to. It's been most, in, most enlightening chatting to both of you. Thank you for making time for us. The podcast goes out next week, but we will send you a link and we'll send you the video so that you can use it on your socials as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you're welcome to stay as well. Thanks again for allowing Fed Hossa and Cape Town Tourism and Glendale and the Singer Group to represent. We so appreciate the platform. Big, big pleasure, to, uh, Leanne. Much appreciate. Our next conversation is with Matthew Fanzel, and we've been talking about accessibility. We've been talking about making things adaptive. And Matthew actually is quite an innovator, and he engaged with yes. Tom to create an adapt adaptive paragliding experience. And um, Taryn, I remember the day you did that. I saw this on social and I said, am I dreaming? Because here is Taryn up in the air in her wheelchair. Where is she heading to? Is she making a new version of the movie up or is she really up there? And then I realized, my goodness, this is adaptive paragliding. It's something I'd never heard of before. So you really changed my paradigm and my thinking about paragliding. And joining us this afternoon is Matthew Fanzel. He's the Chief Flight Instructor at Adaptive Paragliding. And he's been paragliding for eight years. He's traveled all over the world, paragliding in Kenya, the US, Europe, and even in China. And he holds a national pilot license, as well as a tandem flight instructor rating as an adaptive paragliding expert. Good afternoon and welcome, Matthew. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. It's a big pleasure. I mean, where were you and what were you thinking when you came up with this brilliant idea of adaptive paragliding, the new chair fly, as you've called it? Yes, the fly chair, as we call it. Well, this is, a, this is something that I first came across on my travels across, across the world, uh, namely America. I've seen this funny-looking three-wheel trike almost and as approaching it I realized that it was um, used for people with uh, various various degrees of disability. Um, I thought this was a great project. Coming back to my shores, coming back to South Africa, I realized that there is no such thing available in, in our country and this was just my small part of of creating a more inclusive, um, as they call, adventure sports. So I decided to import one of these um, fly chairs, wheelchairs from France. And what can I say? The rest is history. We are flying in South Africa, Signal Hill, Cape Town, and we're trying to um, ex to get as many new people to experience this this thrilling sport. That is just phenomenal. You know, paragliding is one of those daunting things for most people. They wonder, will I, will I be afraid? Will I be okay? Will I have a panic attack when I'm, up, when I'm up there? And here you go and you create this new fly chair. It's really quite special. 
please tell us exactly how it operates. You know, I realize now that France is not just the land of Le Petit Prince, where you can create all kinds of things living on this planet and thinking up creative ideas. It's also the place of the new flight chain. So tell us about that. Yes, sure. Well, a lot of research has led me to a company in France named Backpone. And they have been in um, they have been in manufacturing of a wheelchair for the last 15 years. So this project has been long coming. They have thought about absolutely everything, um, from from the safety aspect of it to the comfort aspect of the passenger. And so, like I've mentioned before, it's a three-wheeled trike. It's got a, f a little bit of more rugged wheels to it, so a bit bigger diameter, a bit of an off-road wheel, can I say? And it is meant to, to sit in just like your own wheelchair. So there's an easy transfer from, from your own chair to the wheel, to the fly chair. And then the fly chair would get connected to the pilot, to the paragliding pilot. So the wheelchair is in the front and the paragliding pilot will be standing behind it, which gives the pilot the freedom of movement to control the running aspect of getting off the hill, which is nice and easy with the wheelchair that you've got the wheels that just roll down. So the pilot in command has, has the, the, the freedom of control to get you off the hill safely. That is that Phenomenal. So a lot of thought capital, research and development over a 15-year period, and we're lucky enough that you were traveling and brought this back to our shores. I think that's just phenomenal, Matthew. Great. Now, Taryn, please, I had to keep you online because I wanted to know what it's like. Did it blow your hair back? What were you thinking when you were out there? Oh my gosh, what an experience. Like I had seen people jump off and paraglide and I always wanted to do it. Um, and my biggest fear with arthritis, you know, is that there's lots of pain in your joints. And so when there's any um, a kind of jerking movements, it can cause pain um, as well. Or if, you know, your joints are, are locked. So if you, yeah, it, it just can be a bit uh, painful. So there was no way I thought when they land like that and then, you know, you in front, you basically got to run as you hit the ground, right, and your instructor's running behind you uh, to hit the ground, and I thought, well, I'm not running. Uh, <laughs> so so I, I'm not doing this. <laughs> uh, I was contacted uh, by Matthew. Uh, Matthew, I even forgot how, how it was that Matthew heard about me. Um, but I was contacted by Matthew, and he said he's got this uh, chair, and it was absolutely amazing. Once, initially, once... Uh, the wind gets you, it feels really um, a bit discombobulating. <laughs> because Can you spell it, that word, please? Uh, yes. <laughs> Wait, let me Google first. <laughs> so, so the wind gets you and the chair is rocking, but then a second later, you're in the air and you're just gliding. It was the best experience, the most comfortable experience. I was just like literally, like you would be sitting in a hammock, right? Mm -hmm. Legs out, stretched, relaxed. I almost felt like I needed a glass of champagne or something. And I could just like literally just chill. Matty, there's product development right there for you. <laughs> <laughs> sunset cruise. We're taking sunset cruise into a whole new level. 
I've heard of champagne breakfast, but I mean, we can do a champagne sunset evening flights. Why not? Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> champagne will learning. be enjoyed afterwards, of course. Afterwards. Yes. <laughs> but the landing was super smooth. Uh, when we actually landed, it was because now you've got the front wheel that hits first. It just then comes like, a, like an aeroplane coming into land. Just smooth. No pain. Nothing. Um, what was a bit unfortunate was that there were some other paragliders who would obviously not do adaptive paragliding. Uh, you know, they're just kind of their own paragliders. And uh, I'd heard, uh, you know, a comment. Self-drive guys. Yes, self-drive <laughs> guys. You know, a comment about one of them. Oh, but we can also uh, we can also take people with disabilities. And I'm like, you know, that is the typical uh, mentality of why we don't uh, get very uh, far. It's because people without even able-bodied, without even the willingness to really understand, you know, um, no, you know, so, so your Matthew is trying to do something really amazing uh, to provide a service and you have kind of, wow, wow, you said, you know, we can also do that. And it's like, you can't do it. <laughs> Karen, it's the adrenaline junk, uh, junkie in them. It's the adrenaline talking over it, trust me. And, you know, we spend a small fortune on all these anti-aging things and keeping ourselves well-preserved, you know. And I always say the best anti-age is a shark cage dive or a paraglide. And it's usually a fraction of the price of what we pay for these things in jars. So, Matthew, I want you to take note that, you know, there's this whole constituency of women who would appreciate take peeling back five years just taking this, this amazing paraglide. So that's something for you to think about. Because um, when I feel when I feel a little ache or pain, Taryn, I must tell you that I go back to that picture of me in the wetsuit. And I must tell you something about wetsuits, guys. It takes like 10 kilograms off. And I thought to myself, I should order these in every color because I look so smelt. You know, everything's all in you. Well, sort of proportioned and positioned. And I even thought we should add some bling to it, you know. It's a genetic thing with me, the bling. And um, look at this photograph and I say, this is my profile picture for today because I remember what it was like just crossing that Rubicon of getting underwater, being at close quarters with the shark. And it was really the thing that set me free because I have a little bit of a, a fear. And my sisters to this day are convinced that I just wore the suit and took the picture. But... I know I was in the water and in the cage. And it's these things that actually test our abilities, the things that, you know, take us out of our comfort zone, that grow us. So I think that it's a great resource, the adaptive paragliding. I think it is making it accessible to people who wouldn't normally do this exercise. And how phenomenal. Taryn, the next time you do it, please take some balloons up with you. Because I was interested in the movie. Watch the movie, then you can just have someone take a photo and say Taryn was up there and it's all balloons. <laughs> I love that idea, but I had a better suggestion. I would like to take Thank you me. up with me. Oh, I would love that because you know what? My, my shark cage diving picture is now getting a bit old. I need to do, I need to find the next thing. Done. Done. Matthew, can you please yes. make sure that I'm supposed supposed myself? Can I jump in here and say yes, please? <laughs> supposed to buy date. We'll wear something really blingy and OTT. And okay. we'll wear phenomenal shades and we'll just look fabulous up there. 
Fantastic. Let me start looking at the weather. Perfect. Perfect. Unless and, Anna and Nadira will go with us. The more the merrier. Sounds oh, like well, you, Janet, I, I, I subscribe to every single thing you said, especially about the best anti-aging you can get is excitement and passion and enthusiasm. We've got to remind ourselves to play and have fun. Yeah. That takes 20 years of you. So I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I'm there with you guys. Thank yes. you. Love it. We're still waiting for Nandira to say, to give us her yes. I'm definitely an adrenaline junkie, so it's an absolute yes. It's a date post Dubai. We're going to be watching this trip with great interest. Taryn, please flag all the fashion spots for us so that we can, <laughs> we can follow your journey. And then remember, our listeners, our, our listeners have an opportunity to win a fabulous prize. Taryn, please tell yes. us about this Huge piece of bling that the diamond has sponsored. <laughs> you know, I just somehow think now this 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 TV show is always going to be associated with this trip now, Dubai bling. <laughs> so we are, on behalf of myself and the Diamond Works in celebration of my 40th birthday, which was now in October, um, we'd like to give a uh, 18 karat white gold um, uh, ring band uh, with a one carat tanzanite zone set in between two pillars. What? The two pillars for one diversity and the other one inclusion. Uh, and the tanzanite is a double A plus. So it's got three colors uh, that will shine at different times. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's worth 40,000 Rand. All people have to do is like the Able to Travel page, like the Diamond Works page. Um, and follow our journey between the 16th and the 18th uh, in Dubai on our Instagram stories uh, and on our posts. And we'll leave two clues or three clues. Um, and then from there, they'll just have to answer the clues. And it's, it's really like a where in the world is common San Diego. I used to love that game. Um, but uh, for those who love traveling, I don't know, I'm someone who loves travel clues. So watch the clues in Dubai and you can stand a chance to win the ring. Taryn, I hope you told the people managing the back end to expect a huge amount of traffic. Because <laughs> I must tell you, in my community, you cannot speak about anything less than 18 karat gold. And that's like middle of the range. <laughs> now talking if you say 22 karat gold, because that's our reference point. So there's going to be a lot of traffic. I'm sure our listeners to this podcast are going to go in there and like your page and like the Diamond Works going to be huge fun. Taryn, I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to, we can't wait to take you to the airport on the yes. day that you fly out. And I promise you there will be bubbles on in the car for sure. And, and we're going to be watching this of yours with great interest. And if you can hook up with any of those Dubai bling ladies, uh -huh. please, please tell them about us and tell them that you haven't, you haven't seen the South African bling girls. You know, because they must know there's some tough competition out here. <laughs> Look, I'll get them to auction off their clothing to us for a good cause. Obviously, once we've modeled it for, for, for about a couple of months. <laughs> and Taryn, thank you for flying the flag, uh, the flag of people with determination. It's been most enlightening 
most soul satisfying to chat to all of you and the phenomenal work that you're doing. It's been a great podcast. It flights next week. We'll send you the link. We look forward to chatting to you some more. Thank you so much for having us, Janet, and for providing this uh, platform. And for the magic listeners, um, you know, thank you. We 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 ask only that you, uh, you know, uh, yeah, support us um, in 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 creating a world uh, that is diverse and that's inclusive, and where people have feel dignity, a sense of dignity when they are, are out and about. Uh, so thank you, Janet, for making that possible and for being our partner. Uh, and I look forward to partnering with you uh, on this journey as well as we go ahead in building, I think, what could be the most exciting uh, tourism branch yet. Totally agree, Taryn. Powerful, powerful words. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on Jet Setting with Janet, an adaptive jet setting show today. Thanks to Taryn Tomlinson, wishing you all the best as you wing your way to Dubai. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. A wonderful weekend ahead. Lots of fun and happiness. And happy packing, Taryn. Or are you Thank doing you so much. when you get there? Yes, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, thank you, Nadira, Matthew, uh, and Leanne for coming on uh, with me today. I think that that was such a powerful uh, uh, segment, uh, Janet, and your questions just led perfectly one into the other. Big pleasure, Taryn. Wonderful weekend ahead, Leanne, Nadira, Matthew. Thank you, everybody. Thank, thank you, you very much. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Have a great bye. time. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Are you looking for a highly professional established vehicle rental service and a shuttle service where client satisfaction is a priority? Look no further. MLT Car Hire is committed to delivering quality low mileage vehicles to suit your budget. MLT Car Hire also specializes in mini and long leases for individuals and corporates as well as staff transport and airport transfers with offices at the airport and in the Helderberg area. We are proud members of Satsa, Fedhasa and Cape Town Tourism. MLT Car Hire delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to MLT Car Hire and Tours for our full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.